0: that you'd be here among us. God, if you don't show up here today, if you don't speak here today, Spirit, if you don't move here today, then we're wasting our time. Thank God we're going to leave here just as broken, just 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 as, as empty. So Spirit, please, today, move here among us. Be here with us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys be seated. All right. Fantastic. Now, I had to go get my own podium today. Brother John, can we work on that? I had to walk. Did you see how far I had to walk? The stage is huge. All right. Sorry. Okay, well, we're so happy that you're with us this morning. Uh, My name is Grant Nixon. I I know I I do student ministry here. Um, I don't know what we're arguing over what the other title is, so just call me New Guy. Uh, And and that'll work, I guess, if if you want to call me something. But um, I I, want to tell you very little about me, uh, because it doesn't matter, honestly. Uh, But but, uh, my, my name is Grant. My beautiful wife was in the choir singing. Whichever one you thought was the prettiest, that was my wife. And uh, so, anyway, uh, I'm just kidding, she's gorgeous, I don't know where she is But anyway, uh, and, and I have a, a beautiful little boy that's here as well And you need to go find him um, afterwards But, you know, it doesn't really matter, okay If you want to know more about me, then why And, and follow up to that, is just come find me, talk to me later, that's fine Take me to lunch, buy me things, I do things for you So anyway, um, but uh, a couple of things as we get started One, I've been accused of talking fast and so I want I want us to make a covenant together I'll try to slow down kind of and you try to listen quicker alright okay is that good yes this means yes this means no alright good okay good yes alright let's let's try to do this together and and another thing is that look um, I know I don't I don't look very smart and, and it's because I'm not and, uh, and so I don't have a lot of wisdom to bring to you, but, but all the wisdom we need will be found in here. And so we're going to be digging through this today. Every Sunday we're going to be digging through this, trying to find the words of God to speak to our hearts. And so um, that's what we're going to be doing. So... The, the series that I guess we'll start with is called What Now? Because I'm sure that's what you're thinking. You know, like, okay, this new Sunday's here. Uh, some of us slept in a little bit. Shame on you. And we got here, right, at 10.50, and, and we've got this new thing going. Uh, the music was great. Did you guys enjoy that? Wasn't that fantastic? Aren't they fantastic? Um, the music was great and everything, So so what now? You know, it's a new day. What now? And so... When we when we are, are embarking on something new, we normally do what we we plan, right? And, and one of my favorite shows growing up was was the A Team. Uh, if you guys have ever seen the A Team, there you go. There's a little reminder of the A Team. And, and my favorite character was was Hannibal. And and what was his line? Anyone know his line? I love it when a plan comes together. And so they would always he would always make this you know make this plan and make these plans, and they were never turned out the same. And at the end, he would always you know, put his cigar in his mouth. I don't know where he always kept those, but he always pulled out a cigar and he always said, I love it when a plan comes together. And so, as we move forward as a church, what do we always do when we talk about ministry? And, we, and we've got to move forward. We've got to get together. We want to make a plan, don't we? So we go to conferences. We read books. We go to meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. And, and we talk and talk and talk and try to find a plan. And, and so I started to think, okay, now I'm not the, the sharpest tool in the shed, and, and so, like, we've got to move forward, so where can I go, what can I think of uh, to, to find a plan for our church to move forward? If we want to be, if we want to impact our community for Christ, we want to be people who, who love and cherish and enjoy God, how, where do we go? And so I said, you know what, how about I go to the early church? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but in Acts, the early church went from 120 people to 3,000 in one day pretty good. Alright, yeah, that's pretty good. So, so what did they do? What was their plan? They must have gotten together and huddled together and they must have said, okay, this is the latest research. This is, you know, this has been working for these people and this religious group. We need to copy that. What did they do? And here's what they did. In Acts 1, 14, here's what it says. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. What? What? They devoted themselves to prayer. That's it. That was their plan? Prayer? Like that's it? You know, like they just prayed and that was it? What happened? God showed up. Acts chapter 2, we see that, uh, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God showed up. All it took was prayer. (coughs) Excuse me. And you might say, okay, look, okay, maybe that would have worked back then, okay? But give me a more modern example, all right? Yeah, maybe that would have worked in the Bible, but but what about now? What do we de- need to do now? Well, uh, you guys uh, um, might be aware of in the early 1800s, there was something called in America the, the Second Great Awakening, uh, where people, there's a great revival in our nation. And, and in about 1856, right before the, the Civil War, um, that, that, passion that zeal for Jesus and all that had faded significantly and people stopped coming to church and 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 people didn't care anymore about joining church and and all these things and so you know what happened all of a sudden businessmen from uh, mainly in New York thousands of businessmen during their lunch would go to the church and they'd have a prayer service and they would pray and soon that example just flowed throughout the entire country and people just started praying and just praying and praying and prayed and over the next couple of years the the protestant denomination added 474,000 members 474,000 how prayer that's it now i I know as soon as i said that word some of you are going uh okay i'm going to go to sleep now all right like wake me up later prayer is boring right but i i think that that's a misconception And, and you know uh, there isn't a time in the Scriptures, you go, there, well, what about all these great people in the Bible? There isn't a time in the Scriptures where God moves in a mighty way in His people without prayer. Think about it. When the Israelites were delivered from Pharaoh, that was awesome how he did that, right? All those plagues and everything, Disney made a movie about it, so you know it's good. And so, uh, and so like, that was great, but how? why? Why did He deliver them when He delivered it says, God heard the cries of His people. They cried out to Him. They prayed to Him. They didn't try to make, you know, a, a plan to get out. They just said, God, deliver us. And He did. He heard the cries of His people. I think about the times where His disciples were trying to cast out demons. And they were doing what they had been taught, you know, in the name of Jesus. And, and, and they would pray, and, and they would say these things, and, and this demon wouldn't come out. And they came back to Jesus and said, what's going on? What, what's going on with this demon? And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, this one will take prayer and fasting to cast out. God works through prayer, through prayer in a mighty mighty way. And, and and here's the thing is that in prayer there's so much power there. There's healing in prayer. There's comfort in prayer. There's there's guidance in prayer. There's 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 a peace in prayer that's found nowhere else and, and you think well what about like like you guys are familiar with Martin Luther and you, and you hear you know man, he changed the world, he changed, he changed so many people's hearts, and, and the way we do church today is affected because of how he did it, and we think, man, that guy, he must have just been so intelligent, and he must have just, you know, just been this, this great big brain, but no, you know what Martin Luther said? He, he said this, put this quote up, it says, if I fail to spend two hours in prayer each morning, the devil gets the victory through the day. I have so much business, I cannot get on without spending three hours daily in prayer. He said, I've got so much to do, I can't afford not to pray three hours a day. It was prayer. That was the secret there, if you will. Uh, I heard a, a great quote by Sidlo Baxter that said, Men may spurn our appeals, reject our message, oppose our arguments, despise our persons, but they are helpless against our prayers. The God of prayer listens, and the prayer of a righteous man avails much. There is power in prayer, so why don't we pray? If, if the secret to our success in our, in our lives, in every area of our lives is prayer, why don't we pray? And I think it's because uh, we have many misconceptions. So this morning, we're going to do three things together. Uh, one, what I want to look at what prayer is not. Two, what prayer is. And three, how do we pray? How do we do it? Um, and so if you will, uh, we're going to start uh, here in what prayer is not. And number one, prayer is not magic. Prayer is not magic. In other words, it's not a bunch of words that if you just recite correctly, you will summon the genie God, right? There was a show that was on television that was just a terrible show called I Dream of Jeannie. I remember being a kid and watching the reruns and really liking it, and then I saw it on TV Land recently, and I was like, I, this, this, was, this was a hit show? Really? It is just like, oh, it's so cheesy. But anyway, uh, so uh, one of the things that the, the comedy in I Dream of Jeannie was that um, uh, her master would make these requests. He would request a... Whatever he would try to get her to, to grant his wish, and the thing was, if he didn't word it just right, if he wasn't specific enough, there was always something silly or stupid that she would make. You know, she would she would take his words and turn them a little bit, uh, and so in the same way, we think that you know if. If I pray just right, if I say the right things, if I pray enough, you know, if I spend this much time saying these words, then then everything will turn out the way I want it to. And you know what the problem is with thinking about prayer that way, that it's something magic, that's something, if you say it just right, because that implies that you, the prayer, have power and you don't. The one we pray to has the power. And that's the problem with seeing it that way, is that the act of prayer in in and of itself has no power whatsoever, but the one that hears our prayer is the one who has um, power. And so, uh, prayer is actually just us saying that. It's actually an admission of our own selves, saying, I don't have the power, I don't have the ability to do anything without you that's really what prayer is so it's not magic we don't have power and jesus spoke about people who who prayed like this in matthew chapter 6 he says when you pray do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him which actually brings us to the the next point which is prayer is not an update to god I like the end of that verse. It says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. It's not like, you know, if I just tell him what's going on, then he'll fix it, right? You know, like he has no idea. I need to tell him, and then he'll, then he'll know what's happening. God is completely aware of your situation. Little kids uh, are funny because they always um, tend to tell you things that you already know. Um, and and I, I actually, I read some prayers that these little kids... Uh, prayed to God, where they kind of were trying to remind him of of a few things. I I read one, said, Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I asked for was a puppy. You can look it up. Uh, Then, Dear God, I keep waiting for spring, but it never did come yet. What's up? Don't forget, Mark. Uh, Dear God, my brother told me about how you were born, but it just doesn't sound right. What do you say, Marsha? Uh, Dear God, please put another holiday between Christmas and Easter. There's nothing good in there now. Amanda, and so we think like maybe God doesn't know what's happening to me, but Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 verse 29, listen to this, are not two sparrows sold for a penny and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father, but even the hairs of your head are all numbered, fear not therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. This thought I hope comforts you, that God doesn't need to be reminded, God isn't asleep and he just happened to miss what's happening in your life. He knows. He knows. He's there. He's aware. So prayer is not an update to God. Prayer is also not our last resort. Our culture is a culture of of a type A personality. You know, I've got to go out, I've got to do, I've got to conquer, and we reward that. We watch it on TV. There are these reality shows now. Uh, I think about like The Apprentice. He, He rewards those who go out and do and conquer, and I did this, and I'm successful. And then another show, which is just morally reprehensible that my wife loves the bachelor okay like same thing right you know like i'm i'm a rich man and i'm successful you know and he's surrounded with all these women and the one who shows me they love me the most will win my heart it's about going out and conquering and we think when we pray we're not doing anything like we're just sitting back going, I can't do anything anyway. I, I'm not doing anything. But the reality is uh, that it's, there's nothing more powerful than prayer because of the one you pray to and how powerful he is. There was a, a, an ill woman um, who was in the hospital and her pastor came to visit her and said, uh, prayed for her and then said, wish I could do more. And the woman said, I rebuke you, pastor, for you've done more in prayer than these doctors could ever do James chapter 5 verse 16 says, The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. It cannot be our last resort. Another one, it's not just words. Does that make sense? Did anyone hear that and go, uh? Prayer is not just words. Sometimes words are incredibly, completely inadequate for what you're feeling. Anyone like that? Your heart just been overwhelmed with sorrow and grief? You don't have words. Or or the opposite end of the spectrum. Anyone, your heart overjoyed, and you don't have words. Prayer is more than words. There's a a great scripture in Romans chapter 8 that says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness when we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. I love that, that I can go to God. With no words, and I can still communicate my heart to him. Isn't that amazing? is that an amazing thought? Prayer is also, and this one might make you mad, and it's okay, I'll get behind that shield. Prayer is also not about what you want. Let me explain that real quick, because you might go, well, What's the point? Let me explain it. Prayer is not about lining God's will up to yours, but lining your will up to God's. Do you understand? Prayer is not like talking God into doing what you want Him to, that He would accomplish what you would want Him to accomplish, but instead, it's, it's making your needs known to God, your wants to God, and then it's being open to Him saying, No, I have a better plan. And as you pray, and you let that off your heart, and you know that He knows your heart, and He does something completely different anyway, that prayer time hopefully will put trust in Him, and will, will fill your heart with peace. Prayer is about lining us up with His will, not us lining up with, uh, uh, not Him lining up with our will. Um, And and that's what being a Christian is all about, is that, you know, in in your relationships, they're not about what you want to accomplish, it's about what God wants to accomplish. In your job, it's not about what you want to accomplish, it's what God wants to accomplish. In your finances, in your family, in everything. It's all like that. And you think, like, well, I, I can't, you know, like, what about the things that I desire? Isn't it a wonderful thing that God doesn't give us everything we desire? Isn't it a wonderful thing that He doesn't just just bow to our every whim? Because the reality is, if you look at Romans 1, He's done that to some people. And, how, and, and my prayer is that that is never anyone in this room. In Romans 1, it says that He gave them over to their depraved minds. He's saying, those people who didn't want to have anything to do with God, I gave them their desires, and their desires will consume them and lead them where? To death. Praise God He doesn't give us everything we want. He, his desires that, that, that for us are so much better than our desires for ourselves. So prayer is not about getting what you want. Our, our, it's not about making God's will... Um, uh, come to us it's about our will being changed to his and so that's what prayer isn't what is prayer and i'm going to say this very carefully and this is a definition that uh i came up with and so if it's uh if it's wrong um i'm sorry but this is what i believe god told me prayer is the intentional communication of a humble heart prayer is the intentional communication of of a humble heart. Here's what I mean by that. I say communication because nowhere in scriptures when God is talking to us, when God is talking to a person, is that called prayer. That's not prayer. Prayer is us communicating to God. I heard a great quote that, that says it better than I could. It says, prayer is when you talk to God. Meditation is when you listen to God. And so it's us communicating our hearts to God. And there's two types of communication. There's words... We're really good with those, okay? There's, we're really good with words. In James 4, 2, it says, You do not have because you don't ask. You don't have because you don't ask. I'm waiting here and to give you these things, and you don't ask. So, so obviously, words, we communicate to God. But another way we communicate is what? Attitude. Now, parents in this room, how much more clearly do your kids communicate with attitude than they do with words? Am I right? And, and listen, husbands... Well, my wife's in the room, yeah, okay, all right, be cool, all right? But yeah, like attitude communicates so much more than words sometimes. And in 1 Thessalonians, you might have heard uh, this verse that says, pray without ceasing. That doesn't, I, I, I hope you're not driving down the road going, okay, dear Lord, please protect me as I, as I drive down. You know, no, it's not talking about, it's an attitude of prayer. It's, it's seeing the hand of God in everything. It's an openness, again, to aligning your will to His will in everything. That means when you go to work tomorrow, you have a new purpose. It's not to move up on the corporate ladder. It's not to just get through the day. It's to accomplish His purposes. That's an attitude of prayer. That God, I'm open to Your will. Whatever You want me to do today. In your family, is the same way. In your home life, in your, in, in, with your neighbors, it's the same way. And, and one of my favorite things that Jesus ever said was Matthew 5.8. He says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And what that means is, Truly blessed are those who are focused on God. Who are submitted to Him, number one, over all. They're going to find His purposes and everything. And you know what His promise is? They will see God. You know what that means? They'll see Him everywhere. There is no mundane life for a Christ follower. There's no such thing. Because if you're really seeking Him everywhere, have an attitude of prayer being open to Him in everything, then you'll see Him in everything. I love that promise of God. And the key to all of this, the key to all of this is communication to God is a humble heart. To have humility is to realize that God's ways are better. In that same chapter, James chapter 4 verse 3, it says, You have not because you ask with wrong motives. He's not going to give us something harmful. It's, it's about trusting Him. And you say, well, how can I trust Him in everything? You know, I mean, like, how can I trust Him with my finances, with my family? How can I learn to do that? Okay, I'm, I don't take a lot of risks. How can I even begin? Do you know what the answer is? It begins with a P and ends with rare. Got it? Prayer is the answer to that. I love that about prayer. This is one of my favorite things about prayer. Because what prayer does is it focuses us on God first and us second. You can't approach God in His throne room and take His throne from Him. He won't let it happen. If you come to God in prayer over things, truly come to God, not saying, I'm going to tell Him how it is, but if you truly come to God, it humbles you, it re-centers you, it refocuses you. I love that about prayer. I mean, think about it. Think about it, focusing and putting God's, uh, uh, putting control in, in God's hands. Think about it, like praying for somebody. Like if you've ever um, been in a, in a conflict with someone, you know, like you just, uh, uh, you know, the, you and this person, and the Bible tells you to pray for your enemies, and you try it. You actually pray for them. What happens? All of a sudden, you're coming face to face with the worship of God, and so you're seeing how wonderful His love is for you, and then you realize how wonderful His love is for them and what happens your heart's changed it refocuses you on him when you pray to God for your finances what happens all of a sudden you recognize as you're worshiping him in prayer and you're just talking to him and you're you're just unloading your heart you realize man you are so much more powerful you own it all anyway you gave it to me all anyway and what happens now there's peace in your finances you understand prayer does an amazing thing by refocusing our hearts by humbling and, and, and putting us under God, by teaching us to trust Him in everything, when we bring everything to Him in prayer. So, real quickly, lastly as we go, how do you pray? Um, I don't know a better way to, to start talking about that, than to look at Jesus' prayer in Luke 11. His disciples asked Him, they said, Jesus, how do we pray? And He says, pray like this. Father, hallowed be Your name, Your kingdom come Give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. So I want us to look at just a few things out of here. One, remember who you're talking to. You know, there was a boy who was praying at a a, a kitchen table, and he prayed really softly and quietly. And um, after he got done blessing the food, his sister said, We couldn't hear you. And he turned to her and said, I wasn't talking to you anyway. And so, in prayer, remember who... You're talking to And, and I, we need to learn to have An intimate reverence An intimate reverence with God Here's what I mean by that um, There's intimacy And then there's, there's a reverence There's respect And so there, there's, it's, it's weird to have a hybrid We don't have too much of that In our, in our world But let me, let me give you an example um, You know if I were to meet uh, uh, The president I would have a reverence I would have a respect for him in a certain way. He holds an office higher than my office. However, um, there's no intimacy there. I don't know him. He doesn't know me. There's no, you know, I don't, you know, he doesn't uh, care for me and I don't care for him personally. I care for him in his office, but I don't, you know, we don't have a, a personal relationship. But take my, my senior pastor. I have a reverence and respect for his office and what he does. But there's an intimacy between us. There's a relationship between us. And so I feel like I can come to him and I can, I can tell him my heart, but I'm not going to come in there and tell him how it is because there's a reverence there. Do you understand? Does that make sense? That's a terrible analogy, I know, but but I can't think of another one that, that's better on this planet. Just remember who you're talking to. You know, I hate God. There are these t-shirts flying around, and students, I hope none of you are wearing this because it's going to be embarrassing, but uh, these t-shirts that are flying around saying, Jesus is my homeboy. No, he's not, okay? Like, he's God, right? Like, I... I, you know, I, yes, we have a relationship with him. There's no one who loves me better. He's a lover of my soul, but he's still God. In Psalm, uh, uh, or in Psalm 113, it says, The Lord is high above all nations, and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? Who is seated on high? Who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? There's no one like him. So remember who you're talking to. Bring your heart, be honest, be real, be open with Him, but remember, be reverent, respect Him, and worship Him in your prayer. second, have a humble submission to His will. Remember that He knows your desires. Remember that He created your desires. And if He created your desires, who better to fill them than Him? You know, uh, uh, King Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, uh, he... He actually went out to try to find uh, things to, to fulfill his desires in the world. And he tried everything. Now I'm not talking about someone who gets up here and says, you know, I was a child of the 70s and I tried everything. No, I mean this he tried everything. If you read in Ecclesiastes, he had everyone who, who was the, the you know the head of science and and the head of uh, uh, you know of biology and, and the head of mathematics and all, he had them come to him and teach him. So he knew everything. He built architecture. He had more money than anyone will ever have. He had more wives and concubines than any man could ever desire. He said, he, I had everything. And you know what he said at the end of it about those desires? Here's what he said. Ecclesiastes 12:13. The end of the matter, all's been heard. He, he says, after I've searched everywhere, and he means that everywhere. Here's what he says. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. That's the only thing that's going to satisfy you. So remember that. Remember that. Submit to Him. Have a humble submission to His will. Saying, God, this is what I want, but what you want, let that be done. Because I know what you want for me is, is better, far better. The third thing, bring your needs. James 5.13 says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises. So bring your needs. He wants to know your heart. He wants to hear your heart. And, and maybe He's got exactly what you're desiring right there, waiting to give it to you, if you'll only ask. So bring your needs. Bring your heart. But I wanna, I want to warn you here beware of wants beware of greed there's a prayer in proverbs uh, chapter 30 it says and, and most of us probably never prayed this two things i ask of you deny them not to me before i die number one remove far from my falsehood and lying give me neither poverty nor riches feed me with the food that is needful for me. Lest I be full and deny you and say, who's the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of God. Did you hear what he said? He said, don't give me uh, too little, okay? I don't, want, I don't want too little, but God, don't give me too much either because if you give me too much, if you give me all these things that I, that I want, then I'm gonna go, well, who's God? I've got everything I need. I want just enough so that every day I'm still relying on you. Every day I still need you as much as I need you now. So bring your needs to God, but beware of greed. Beware of, of pursuing, pursuing things that can take place uh, of your love and devotion to Him in your heart. And the fourth thing, bring your sin. James 5.15 And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So why bring your sin to God? Like, I thought I was forgiven at the cross. Yes, but why bring your sin to God? Because when we do that, all the guilt and the shame and everything that we carry around that God did not intend for you to carry around, did you hear that? God did not intend for you to carry around that guilt and shame, is lifted. We find comfort. He promises us that in Matthew chapter 5 verse 4. He says, blessed are those who mourn, those who are grieved over their sin, upset over their sin. For what? What's his promise? If you mourn, if you bring your sin to me, what's his promise? They will be comforted. You'll be comforted in that. And the last thing, pray for others. James chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Let me be careful how I say this. If you truly love others like you say you do, then you will be desperate for them to know the love of God and you will lift them up in prayer. If you you not truly love others in this way, then maybe you don't truly love God. Did you hear that? Jesus said in John 13, by this people, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. If you say you love people, and you say you truly love them, and you truly care about them, then your love will make you desperate for them to know the same joy and peace in Christ that you know. And if you don't desire that for them, if you don't love them in that way, then maybe you don't truly love God. Maybe you haven't really experienced the love of God. I don't say that lightly. I say that with the words of Jesus. I don't say that lightly. As we close, some of you might be saying, I can't, okay? Like, I can't. I don't know. Like, I, I can't pray like that. I can't, you know, I'm not a person of prayer. I don't I don't sit down. You know, if it's a matter of method, I understand that, you know? Like, like if I were to sit in a chair for two hours and just try to, you know, like, pray or whatever, I would be asleep in two minutes, okay? it would. My brain doesn't work too well, all right? Like, I would be, you know, I'd be sitting here, dear Lord, please, you know, um, um, be with my wife today. And, and, you know, uh, are the Tigers on tonight? What channel is that? Did I set my DVR? Like, it's not, that's how my brain works, okay? It doesn't work well. So if it's a matter of method, let me give you one of my methods. Um, I get a notebook out, and I write. Okay, it keeps me focused. And so as I, as I pray, I write. I don't write every word. I don't say, dear Lord, thank you for today. But I'll write, you know, I'll write uh, worthy. You know, God, you're so worthy. I'll write worthy. All right, you know, thank you so much for my son and I'll write his name. Grab grab his heart, keep him close to you his whole life. And I'll write his name again. You understand? Just to keep me focused. Take the prayer list at church and just go line by line marking it out. You don't have to have your head bowed, your eyes closed. You understand? So if it's a matter of method, you absolutely can pray. If you want to talk to me later, talk to Brother John later about, you know, I I've I struggled with it. How do you do it? You know, how can, can you help me? Yeah, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about it. But if it's a matter of character, or you say, I can't do that. I'm not the person to do that. I'm not good enough to do that. In James chapter 5, he ends these, these verses we just read by giving us encouragement. He says, Elijah, the prophet Elijah, was a man with a nature like ours. He was just like us. And it says, And he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it didn't rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. So it says, Elijah is just like you and me, and when he prayed, he stopped the rain. And when he prayed again, the rain came back. He's saying, He had a nature just like you, and you say, oh, Hang on a second. Elijah, he called hev- He called fire down from heaven. Elijah didn't die. A fiery chariot picked him up and took him. I'm not Elijah. Oh Yeah? you know what else about Elijah that maybe, you know, you don't, we don't talk about as much? He was a coward and he was suicidal. He failed God so greatly that one day he ran into the desert and he said, God, kill me. I want to die. I don't want to live anymore. He was a suicidal coward at times. He has a nature just like us. You don't possess special Power in prayer just because of the the, the words you say, and neither do I. But the one that we pray to, the one Elijah prayed to, is the same God. And the same power that he had is the same power we have access to through prayer. So what do we do about it? Pray. A.W. Tozer said this, The secret to prayer is praying. Brilliant, I know. The secret to prayer is praying. As the band comes back up, I, we're going we're to do something weird before the offering. This is going to be a bizarre invitation, if you will. Um, they're going to come up and are going to start just playing a little bit. And here's what I want you to do. I want us to pray. I want us to start praying. Um, I'm going to ask in a second that anyone who can, anyone who, who's physically able, stand up, come up here. Come down here, kneel on these stairs, kneel on the floor. If if, if it gets so full, you gotta kneel on the aisle, kneel on the aisle. And I want you to pray. Whatever's on your heart. If you want to pray out loud, if you wanna pray silently, if you wanna if you wanna reach out and pray for someone next to you, if you wanna pray for the church, you wanna pray for our world, if you want to pray for your own heart. I don't whatever. If you wanna grab me, if you wanna grab Brother John, whatever it is, you get up here and you pray with us. So in this moment, right now, as we pray, if you're, if you're willing, if you're able, I ask you to please stand. Come up here. Kneel down here. Let's pray together. Let's go to the Lord. Let's start today. Let's be people of prayer today. Come on forward. I want people to look at Christ church, and if they can only say one thing about us, I want them to say, those people pray. Those people know how to pray. So let's submit to God now. Come forward and just kneel and pray. Pray for someone around you. Pray for our church. Pray that God would move revival in our own hearts. Whatever you want to do, pray. Pray for those around you. Pray for us. Pray for our church. But let's pray. teach us to pray. Teach us to be people who seek your face and in every situation we have an attitude of prayer where we say, God, no matter what, no matter what you want me to do, no matter what, what plans I have, God, I submit them to you. That God, line my will up with yours. Teach us to be people reliant on your power, on your leading. Teach us to pray. In all situations, teach us to bring it to you first and recognize your power Above ours. Please, dear God, make us people of prayer. God, in this time as we sing, continue to meet with us as we pray. But God, as we sing songs to you, be over us as your word says that when we sing, you sing over us. So Holy Spirit, come sing over us. Minister to us. Teach us in this moment. But we lift you up now. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Why don't you sing with us?